1: Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons.
0: Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I'll go ahead and get it out of the way at the top of the show. Uh, For those of you who dread the talk of sports ball, (laughs) well, sorry, but I'm going to talk some sports ball, and specifically the Super Bowl, which took place last weekend uh, in Minneapolis at the U.S. Bank Stadium, which is the home of the Minnesota Vikings, who weren't involved in the Super Bowl, of course. That's how it's supposed to be. They, they're never, ever going to get to another Super Bowl. I know it's not very rational of me to think that way. It's just 40 plus years of being a fan of this team, and <sighs> but I talked about that in the past. But specifically, more about the game, which featured the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Yankees. Um, okay, all right, all right. The New England Patriots. But the Patriots have kind of become the, the Yankees of football in, in recent years. I mean, they've been to the Super Bowl so many damn times. They've, they were going for their sixth win. Uh, Tom Brady, the quarterback who is who ranks among the greatest in the, in, ever in the game, uh, he was going for his sixth win of a Super Bowl, uh, uh, along with uh, Bill Belichick, who's probably the greatest coach ever uh, in the game, you know, if you allow for some cheating. Uh, well, he kind of get busted on some, you know, the Spygate thing or whatever they called it. Anyway, of course, I'm rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yes, it's true. The Some of the fan base of the Philadelphia Eagles are not the classiest among us. And I know that there are plenty of fan bases for All the teams, you know, there's a fan base for each team, and and there's a percentage of each fan base that may be a bit of an asshole. There's there's that, but it seems Philadelphia's percentage is just a little bit higher than the average. It just seems that way. Okay, I'm you know there are plenty of people who root for the Philadelphia Eagles and aren't assholes. Okay, (laughs) plenty. So. And yes, they, they, the Eagles beat uh, the Vikings as they should have and uh, because the Vikings uh, just didn't show up for that game. So, of course they beat them. Uh, no, they did. They showed up for the game. Okay, okay all right. That's <laughs> not 40-plus <laughs> years of being a Vikings fan. It's kind of hard to not just go down that rabbit hole, but I'm going to stay away from it. The game itself, the big game, the Super Bowl, uh, was a very entertaining game. I mean, lots of offense, lots of scoring. The two teams combined for the highest amount of yardage gained uh, in any game in the history of the NFL. Not just the Super Bowl, the history of the NFL. It's, I, it was something over uh, 1,100 yards or something, the total yardage gained in that game. Something like that and, and and I think they had broken the record at least for the Super Bowls in the third quarter, but it may, it might have been for the NFL they broke in the third broke, in the third quarter they did that. It was not a lot of defense in that game there was not it was not a defensive struggle. it, uh, it just seemed like you, you had the ball you scored. Uh, unless they missed a field goal i think the eagles missed a field goal or two and a couple extra points i'm not sure if the patriots did i can't remember quite for sure uh, but it, it 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 was it was just it was entertaining and uh, and i can but you can still you can still maintain that the old phrase defense wins championships is still correct if you look at the way the game ended uh, there's just over two minutes to go in the game. The Eagles are up by five points, but the Patriots are getting the ball back. And, you know, they've been there before. Tom Brady's been there before. Bill Belichick's been there before, where they're down by a few points with a couple minutes left in the game, and they've pulled it, a victory out of that or or sent it into overtime. They've they've done things like that. So it's it's not a done deal. Uh, I think there was, I think the uh, the Patriots had one timeout left, and they had the two-minute warning coming up. So, with I think two minutes and nine seconds left uh, in the in the game, uh, finally, a, a defensive play that really came in handy for the Eagles. The defender was able to get pressure on on Tom Brady. Uh, they sacked him. uh, Which means you tackle them without you you tackle the quarterback without him becoming a runner. Uh, And during that sack, uh, the uh, defender for the Eagles was able to slap the ball out of Brady's hand, and it was a fumble recovered by the Eagles, and it's recovered at the end of the field where they're they're already in what would be called field goal range. You, know, you kick kick the field goal and 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 lo and behold, you're up by eight points now. But they try, you know, they you know, they didn't they weren't gonna just go for the field goal because there was still a little more than two minutes left in the game. So they figured, well, let's let's see if we can eat the clock a little bit. Let's so they do these safe plays because you know that the Patriots are gonna use their timeout. They do the two minute warning comes up and and, and then. You know the the Eagles. You know they run the ball. They don't get a first down. Had they gotten a first down, the game would have been over. Had they gotten a first down. So a lot of times at the end of games, I see this happen. The Vikings do it a lot, and other teams do it a lot. And I and I just say to say to myself, or my son if he's watching the game with me, I says, how much time is a first down worth? If you you know don't this 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 conservative little plays that are real safe because they don't want to turn over, they don't want that that to happen. I can understand the thinking, but geez, if you got that first down, especially here in the Super Bowl, if they've gotten that first down. Uh Patriots were out of timeouts, there wouldn't have been anything they could do. There would be I think it was less you know, um it was far less than 2 minutes by that point by the time they they didn't make it on third down. Um they, if they had made the first down, they would have just been able to run out the clock. It would have been over. But nope. Nope. They couldn't make it, so they kick a field goal. And it went through. So now they're up by eight points. And the way football is now and has been for the last few years, you can score a touchdown, you get six points, or you can go the, and you can go for the point after. It's just one point. Or you can go for a two-point conversion. So, so now it's gone from the Patriots needing... Five uh, needing a touchdown to win, they need a touchdown and the two-point conversion. They need to get that in order to tie the game, send it to overtime, and then see what happens. And it got that close. (laughs) The 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 Eagles kick the field goal. The ball goes back to you know they kick back to. to New England, uh, Brady gets back out there on the field, and you know they they get some yardage, and then they send the hail mary pass to the, to the end zone. And Ron, I think it's Ron Gronkowski, uh, the big tight end player, superstar guy, you know, really talented player, and 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 very very much a formidable force uh, to deal with. And he, I think he got his hands on the ball, but it just it bounced around. It just no no catch, no touchdown, timeout. Eagles win. So the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and I and I said, and the Yankees didn't win the Super Bowl, the Patriots didn't win, which is good, because let somebody else win, damn it. <laughs> the Eagles had never won a Super Bowl, and now they have. So congratulations to them. I, I, I just wonder how that feels. I, I don't think I'll ever know, but I, I wonder how that feels. So it was, but it was a very entertaining game. Uh, that, that's what you want. If your team is not in it, you can relax and watch the game. You don't have to feel worried about, you know, who's going to win or not, because you really don't. You, know, you could be rooting for somebody, but it doesn't mean you can just relax and watch the game and enjoy it. And so you hope for a good game, and that's what we got. We got we got a very interesting game with a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. But like I said. You can still see the defense wins championships because of that play, that getting that turnover uh, at the end of the game was allowed the Eagles to kick the field goal and make pretty much put the game out of reach, making it a real tall order for the Patriots to come back at that point. So, very good. All right, anyway, there was a halftime for that. I don't... I didn't used to watch too many halftimes. Uh, I didn't watch the greatest halftime performance uh, that, that there was. I think it's pretty much agreed upon that Prince uh, did the best. He did it in the rain. And, he, you know, he, they were telling him, oh, yeah, the rain's coming. And, uh, you know, he says, can you make it rain more? <laughs> he was enthusiastic about it. He just you know he said, hey, this is how it's going to be and I'm gonna be singing Purple rain in the rain that's gonna be great you know it's just, he's a showman and 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 I was just watching it again today. Somebody had put together the full segment on YouTube and uh, I was watching it and he was it was really good and he actually sang. Really, he actually sang. There was no lip-syncing involved with, with Prince. He didn't do that. Uh, the other halftime show that I can remember watching recently, I, I think I watched Paul McCartney's, and I watched The Who, of course. Gotta watch The Who. I was, you know, The Who's wasn't not as, you know, it was uh, It was okay. It's just, uh, you know, I think they need, I don't know, they're old guys now, maybe they need more time to rev up or something, or just, you know, just, well, I think The Who did the halftime, or they did something in a, or was that the super? Was that the Olympics? I don't know. <laughs> I have to look it up. Anyway, um, well, this past Super Bowl, uh, they had uh, what's his name, uh, Jason Timberlage. Uh, he came out and uh, um, the first half of it, you could not hear his vocals or barely hear his vocals. Uh, and uh, I think that was because. Um, I mean you could hear him do say yeah yo yeah Minneapolis yeah you could hear that you could hear that no problem but when he was singing quote unquote singing you you couldn't you could barely hear it so that's what I, what I figured out was that the 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 mic uh is is live but he he doesn't he lip syncs for the song but for all the yes and the yos Uh, or whatever he was shouting, Uh, that he's actually shouting into the mic. Now, I don't know. Maybe they don't coordinate it that well, and it's, you know, I I don't know. I don't know how they work that all out, but maybe that's what was going on. But you couldn't hear him singing. Uh, You could hear the backing vocals. He did a lot of walking, or strutting. He did a lot of that, but he had some dance moves, and i got to say, you know, the guy can dance. I mean, he's no Gene Kelly. I was talking about Gene Kelly last week with the... uh, Singing in the rain. He's no Gene Kelly, but but you know, he can. He's got moves. He can dance. So, he, but he does a lot of strutting around. That's kind of what they do. And uh, um, about halfway through, his vocals came up. Somebody, they fixed the mix or something like that. And I and I was reading about it in the gossip page that I go to and other places where I see it on the Facebook. And they were you know, talking about you know, the, some were saying that it was a pretty disappointing deal and. Uh, his uh, his halftime thing, and I just thought it was, well, it's, it's fine, it was whatever. I mean, I recognized two songs, and one of those songs, just because I knew that he had a song called Bringing Sexy Back, or Sexy Back, or whatever, I knew he had that song, and that was what from, what, ten years ago? And I just, I, I knew about that song, but until I heard him say the term, uh, say the phrase Sexy Back, was, oh, that's that song, Okay. The other song that I recognized was part of his tribute to Prince, which I thought the, it was really nice. I thought you know, he played he gets on the piano and uh they put up this shimmery floating screen thing where they projected images of uh of Prince in concert. Uh, I, the footage I'm pretty sure was from Purple Rain and he's singing uh I would die for you, uh, which you know think think you've seen Purple Rain, haven't you? And you know that, I mean, I might spoil some of this for you, but um, it's not the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it's not. The acting is kind of eh, and the writing's writing so, It's kind of eh. But the concert footage is really great. And uh, uh, for most most all the routines are really good on stage. And, I mean, watching the Time performs, I would really, really like to see them play, because they, they have a real excellent stage show, at least from what we see in Purple Rain. And Prince is just, you know, he's great. And I never got to see Prince either. But, um... And it, it, they, uh, in uh, *Purple Rain*. Jeez, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, oh yes, when it, it's in the movie, Prince has his his a, a rough relationship with his father, and his his father's a musician, and he's maybe a failed musician or something, and and it's a very frustrated guy, and he. Uh, attempts suicide and uh he's he's you know he's survived he's alive but it's it was a you know it's still and shortly after this his father tries to kill himself by shooting himself prince is doing this this song I would die for you and he's doing these hand signals I point to the eye would i um, I think he just does a, a fist up in the air I think that's you know like like you know you you know You've got wood, you know. Uh, so, die. He does. And he and he does the gunshot to the head gesture. You know, four letter number four. You and he points out to the crowd. And I, I I remember watching and thinking, is this is this the right song to be playing just after your father in the film tried to kill himself? Is this is this the right song to be doing? <laughs> it's just it's a great song. Oh, okay, so so all right, so then. Yeah, so uh, uh, Jackson Timberline is doing the song. You know, he's singing along with Prince. This, it was slowed down a little bit, uh, but you know he's singing along, and he says, "This is for you, Minneapolis, Minnesota." And I, this was nice, and uh, um, uh, it, it it goes to showing outside of the stadium, and every you know downtown Minneapolis starts lighting up purple. And I thought that was really cool, and I didn't notice it. At uh, first view, it took the next day when I was looking at reviews and stuff that not only did it light up purple, it got brighter purple at one point. I noticed that, but when it was that brighter purple that it did, it was in this. It was in the shape of the uh, the you know the prince symbol. You know the male feel, female symbol thing that he that he changed his name to for a while. I didn't notice that until the next day when there was a still picture of it on the, on the internets, and I went, "Oh, I didn't even notice that." And I looked at it again through the YouTube, and I said, oh, "There it is. That's cool." And and it occurred to me, suppose you didn't know anything about, uh, you, you you know you don't pay anything. Let's let's say you're some homeless dude who's having you know uh, uh, you know well you're homeless, so you know you're having those problems, but you have uh, you know. Chemical abuse problems and maybe some mental issues and that, and you find yourself homeless on the streets of Minneapolis in February. It's a great place to be, and it, oh, this winter, I'm telling you. <laughs> but anyway, so you you find yourself homeless in you know downtown Minneapolis, and you're in a moment of crisis, which yes you are, and and you're and, and you're praying to God, God. I'm, am I worthy? Am I worthy of of, of having a real life? To, should I, you know, must should I do the work to turn my life around? Should I, should I be, you know, give me a sign? Give me a sign that I should, I should get my life together. And then at that moment, everything turns purple, because he doesn't realize the Super Bowl is going on. He might. He's homeless. He's crazy, and he's drunk. What does he know? All of a sudden, everything turns purple. At that moment, uh, what? God! God. <laughs> what? What does this mean? God, you know I hate purple. What does this mean? So, anyway, um, so I thought uh, Jethro Timberline did fine, as far as that. I thought his his, uh, his his tribute to Prince was good. I did read that there was some thought of maybe doing a Prince hologram. Co-performance kind of thing, and that there was some pushback on that, and uh, supposedly uh, Sheila E. talked to to uh, uh, to uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Johnny Timberwolf, and, uh, and to say don't do that. Prince didn't like the hologram thing. He didn't, you know, don't don't do that. And so, you know, if that's true, and 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 then you know, uh, Jericho Timberland decided not to do it, then. I think that was probably the good, good idea, good thinking, because what they did was nice. And, you know, it wasn't so bad for the halftime. It wasn't so bad. Okay, uh, and at least there wasn't any wardrobe malfunction <laughs> this time, because the last time he was involved in a Super Bowl halftime, <laughs> there was a bit of a problem. Uh, but right now, uh, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return shortly. Boom. to Z-Talk Radio Network. I am living
1: on Channel Z! Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dim Land Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dim Land Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network.
0: On the go and missing another one of your favorite Z-Talk shows? Now you don't have to. Simply go to the Google Play store on your Android phone and download the Z-Talk radio app. The best part is, it's absolutely free. That's Z-Talk radio. Only found in your Google Play store on your Android phone. Download it today.
1: Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers. You're listening to Z Talk Radio.
0: Back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Simmons. As I said, there wasn't any wardrobe malfunction for this this year's uh, Super Bowl halftime, but there was some uh, eyebrows raised about the wardrobe that, uh, okay, Justin Timberlake was wearing. Yes, I do know his name. I was having fun in that first segment by coming up with as many different ways to say it wrong. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, you know, it was uh, it was nothing spectacular. I guess it was designed by Stella McCart- uh, uh, McCartney. Yeah, Stella McCartney. Uh, I guess it's uh, Paul McCartney's daughter. And uh, it was, you know, I, you know, I heard I was reading some criticism of it, saying that uh, you know he looked like it was homeless kind of clothes. And and the thing though that had me scratching my head was uh, I I don't get the baggy pants or not the baggy pants the droopy drawers I don't get the droopy drawers uh, the sagging pants I don't get that either uh, now see you know with the with the pants down low with the butt hanging out kind of thing I don't get that I, I I think it looks as stupid as can be it's just you gotta walk funny because of the pants it's just I don't get it I, I don't get it and I and I and I long I, well, I hope for the day that it comes that 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 people decide that, you know what? We're going to pull up our pants. How about we do that? But it wasn't exactly that look that uh, that uh, Timberlake had going. He was you know I mean, his pants were not hanging down off of his butt. It's just that there was extra room under the crotch. It's like it was like just a little area for just in case, you know, just in case he do, he dropped a dookie, it could go right into that little part in his pants, you know, just to catch it there, so it wouldn't be smushing around on his cheeks. I just I don't get that. I mean, what I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I've talked about this in the past about how pants have gone uh, uh, over the decades. You can go back to about the eighties, and if you watch some movies in the eighties. And I noticed this when I was watching uh, *Sleepaway Camp*, which is one of those notorious films from from the 80s, a slasher film that has the surprise ending about who you know, about the person that was doing the slashing. And I, I was watching it on YouTube, I think. And uh, the the kids are out there wearing their, their, their wearing shorts, and they they were so high up, the waistbands were so high. I just what. Oh, that's that's uncomfortable because in the decades since then, our our, our waistbands, you know, well, our, the distance from the inseam to the top of the waist of the pants has has narrowed. It's gotten, it's gotten shorter. I, back in the you, you watch watch I Love Lucy, and look at uh, uh, William Demarest. That's Fred Mertz, not the character Fred Mertz. Look at his pants. Now, William Demers had a little bit of a gut on him. He was a heavier man. He wasn't huge, but he was a heavier guy. And the way pants were back then, the, from the inseam to the top of the waist, was, was some guys, if they had a big gut, if they were big fellas, that distance could probably equal from the inseam to the knee as far as the pants went. I mean, it, was, it would be right up to the belly button. I know I've talked about this before. But if you look at uh, Desi Arnaz playing Ricky... And look at his pants. Now, Desirnez was in better shape, uh, but his pants also does the high thing. And what ended up happening over the years is that distance from the inseam to the top of the pants started to get narrower and narrower. So droopy drawers or sagging pants would happen on guys that had beer bellies. It would happen there. Now, that's not the origination of the wearing your pants down past your underwear. Again, I don't get it. But when these guys would get the beer bellies, in the old days, in the in the William Demarest days, you could, you know, your pants would go up over your belly, and you'd have that high pants thing going. But that's how it was. I mean, men had shorter torsos in those days. At least that's how it looked because that's how the clothes were designed. Now our torsos look longer because the pants are designed differently, and. So so a, a guy with a gut back then could have his pants over the gut. Well, once the inseam started or that 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 bit of pants started getting narrower, it would be pulled up under the gut, and that's where you know these guys their their butts would be hanging out, and you get the you know you get that kind of stuff happening, and so you know. But I don't understand you know looking at Timberlake in those pants where they're designed to have that droop under the crotch. At the, at that I just I don't get it. I don't. I, what is that, if not a Dookie holder? But I wanted to talk a bit. I wanted to cast back our memories to... I guess it was uh, Super Bowl 38 in the halftime. That was 2004. And it was uh, a halftime that was produced by MTV. So, I mean, what to expect. Uh, uh, and I wanted to try to connect a couple of things. And... and Demonstrate what i what I'm seeing is is how how left and right reacts to certain situations the left and the right you know politically socially How they react to things and then how they um, How they perceive the other side acting to reacting to that thing that incident so if we go back to the wardrobe malfunction Really, and even the term, wardrobe malfunction, is just underselling what it was that bothered people who were, I guess, on the right or be more conservative. Although, I don't know why it wouldn't bother people on the left, because it really should have. I mean, here's Janet Jackson... She's, she's performing, and she's lip-syncing her song. And up comes Justin Timberlake. He's lip-syncing his bit, bit, too, because they're dancing. You can't expect them to be singing and doing that kind of dancing and not sound like, <laughs> you know, while they're doing it. So, you know, you have to figure. It's got to give one way or the other. So he comes out there, and they're dancing with each other, and I'm trying to... I was watching it again today, and I'm trying to hear what the lyrics are, and I was thinking to myself, I know there's a line in the song... Where Timberlake essentially tells Janet that he's going to have her naked by the end of this song. Uh, I, you know, I was my memory was telling me I'm going to have your top off by the end of the song, but no, it was I'm going to have you naked by the end of the song. He says that line, or lip syncs that line, this, just just a second <laughs> or two before he pulls her top off. And this is where, this is where, things get interesting as far as how does the left look at it? How does the right look at it? And then how does the left say that the right's looking at it? Because you know the right, the conservative sorts, and again, I don't know how the left wouldn't be upset with this too. Because the left's tendency was to say it's just a nipple. You saw a nipple, so what? It was you barely even saw it. It just was. They were off. It was a second, not even a second. So what's the big deal? It's just you know, come on. And there, in and the and the right was say was that's um, when the left was saying it's no big deal. They're dismissing the greater point that the those that are more conservative was was making. Uh, they were saying, no, uh, the nipple was the exclamation point on something that seemed overly sexualized. In a halftime, this you know, entertainment where families are watching this, and you know, it's it's like, and it's not that there was a nipple that was seen, yes, that upset lots of people, but but you know, the young pop performer said that I'm going to have you naked by the end of the song, and then he reaches over and pulls her top off. That that I mean, if the wardrobe malfunction hadn't happened, I assume what was supposed to happen was there was the she was supposed to be wearing a bra, so you don't see the nipple and the little jewelry thing that she wears on it. So you don't see that. But but that's not the point. What 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 is going on here? Why would why would you think that that would be okay to put on 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 television? You know, to pulling off the top in the Super Bowl halftime. Why would you think that would be okay? This is what the right was saying. This is what the more conservative folks were saying. And again, you know, the way things are today, the way things have been the last few months, hashtag me too, Um, the left should have been, at that time, should have been just as upset too. It says, this is not how you treat women. What the hell is this? You don't treat women, you don't tear their tops off. You don't even, you know, why wasn't there that outrage? And that's the same thing. The right was saying, this isn't what you do. You don't tear people's tops off. <laughs> but my point is that the the left seemed now some on the left, not the whole. You know, I'm sure there were some that were, were agreeing that that was tasteless and that was wrong, wrong thinking and whatever. But there was those, there were those that were just saying, "Eh, it's just a nipple. Get over it." But no, no, no. We're, it's yes, the nipple bothered us, but not, that's not what we're all upset about, is what the right was saying, or most on the right. Okay, um, so. Let's move ahead to now, oh, or just a just a few weeks ago. Remember when that you know the guy who lives in the in the White House? Uh, he was talking about immigration and Ill- illegal immigration. He was talking about that again, and he uttered the fr- the word shithole, <laughs> which incidentally, if I can find it, I'll post it. If I can find it, but uh, there's the CNN. I mean, it, it was it was it was fun. It was a sublime. Kind of fun to watch CNN uh, start out by you know censoring themselves when saying shithole. They'd say s hole or blank hole or what the president said. You know they would do. You know they wouldn't say it right out. And then at some point it was like oh screw it shithole. <laughs> once whoever it was that first did that, I don't know if it was Anderson Cooper or if it was any or whoever else was the hosts on CNN, it just went. It's just every shithole, 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 and then and then people from shitholes were being called shitholders, shitholer, shitholer, shithole, 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 shithole shit <laughs> and it just kept going. Uh, if I can find the cut, I'll put it on the uh, on the show notes or a link to it so that you can check it out because it's fun. Uh, anyway, here's how. Let's re- we're going to reverse the wardrobe malfunction roles now. Some on the right were reacting like, "Well, big deal." So the president said, "Shit," you know, "big deal." I mean, the previous president said, "Shitstorm." What's the problem? You know, come on, grow up, big deal. So he said that. But those on the left were saying, "No, it's we're not upset that he said shitstorm. What we're upset about is what he was talking about in context of what he was talking about was that." He's saying these immigrants that are coming from these countries, which I think the left would agree that, yes, they, they could be called shitholes, but the attitude and the context of what the president, in which the president was saying these things and how he was saying them was that the people who were trying to come to America to get a better life are intent, intent on bringing the shithole with them yeah you know, that's that's what that's the attitude that bothered the people on the left about what the president and I agree with them they they they're right you know it's that we the president seemed to be painting those immigrants with this brush that they, these these people are going to bring over uh the shithole to here. And, and instead of the idea of that you know welcoming immigrants immigrants to come to our country to try to form uh, to pursue a better life for themselves and their families which has been how america's been built hasn't it and so you know it's i understand that and then, and then and then the president further cements it by saying why why don't we get more norwegians <laughs> immigrants well norway's you know why would you leave norway i mean it seems like it's a decent country um it, I don't think I'd put it on the list of shithole countries but still <laughs> that helped inform the, con- the, the the context in which the those on the left and those that aren't fans of the president you know, that's, that's what upset them. So when the right some on the right were minimizing it by saying well, the, the, you know the previous president said you know shoot storm was the big deal. You know, it's just a you see, you see, you see kinda of, you know, it may not be perfectly matching analogously, but you see how how it's perceived do you know, from your perspective on where you are in the social and political spectrum and and you know, how you how some can minim dismiss the the other side's viewpoint by just by saying, you know, oh it's just a nipple, don't worry about it. Oh, it's just the word shit, don't worry about it. You know, see what I'm saying? But that's not what was upsetting the conservatives, but the nipple that was... Okay, so I I think you get my point. I hope I've made it okay. Um, I was curious, though. You know how the left tends to say the rich are getting richer about America. The rich are getting richer while the poor are getting poorer. All right? How do they square that up with... The immigrants coming here from what could be shithole countries looking for a better life. Ain't going to find it here. Richer getting richer, poorer getting poorer. Middle class is disappearing. I don't know how you square that up. I mean, why would you come here? (laughs) Well, I I don't know. I don't know. I do know that I'm going to take another break. I'm going to head to it. Yeah, I think I'll head to it a little early, because I can. So you're listening to Jimland Land uh, Radio on ZTalk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, just sit tight. I, I will be around shortly. Sex. What? Sex? What? Oh, God. Everybody's got sex on their brain. Sex, 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 sex. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Getting some Z's. Mm. Getting some Z's. Mm. Getting some Z's. Wake up, Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com.
0: Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct.
1: Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dinland Radio on Ztalk Radio Network.
0: Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided
1: that vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the
0: facts about vaccines so you can make the best healthcare decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and VaccinateYourBaby.org. <laughs> We're skidding up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, uh, I've 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 not done one of these in a couple of weeks, so let's get one going.
1: Time for another dinland Radio pedantic moment. Oh, is it? What did they get wrong this time, Dim?
0: Well, I'll tell you. Actually, I have two. I have, I have two pedantic moments for this show because I don't think I did one for a couple weeks. So why not do two on this one, huh? How about that? Uh, they're nothing big. They're just little ones. Just little ones. Sometimes the little ones are are nice. Um, and so I've got I've got two. Uh, my wife and I have been watching uh, Fargo, the uh, the television series, which is which is uh, loosely based on the film Fargo by the Coen Brothers. The Coen Brothers are I think are executive producers of this series, and uh, the tone of the series matches the tone of the movie, and it stuff takes place in Minnesota, and it's you know it, it's. It has some ties to the movie. There's some stuff that comes up. Um, uh, season 2, I believe, had that kind of stuff happening. So it's, it's, it's just, I think it's, there, it's a really good series. Season 2, we're up to Season 3 now. Season 2 had some flying saucer stuff in it that made me get, kind of groan a little bit. Uh, look, I can accept it on the X-Files, but does it doesn't have to be in this thing? But what the hell? It still worked. It was funny, uh, and the show is funny. There's a humor, there's a sense of humor to it, and. Uh, it's, it's just odd and of course you get the Minnesota accent which uh, the uh, star of season 3 is Ewan McGregor and he's from Scotland and he was, and Amy was telling me she was reading about it, um, him talking about having, a tr- having trouble with the Minnesota accent and I said oh gosh really he had problems with the Minnesota accent there? Well gee whiz I guess, I guess it's easier for us because we're from the state, we can talk like that it's no problem, you know you get the accent going and there you go so, uh, anyway, so the series, uh, we've, we've just seen the first two episodes at this point. Uh, we have the disc for the uh, uh, the next three sitting right in front of me. Uh, and in that first episode, uh, we're introduced to a woman who is a police chief, or is she a police chief? She's, you know, there's some stuff changing with their, their precinct. Uh, she is uh, heading to a mom-and-pop grocery store, and I think... The, there's there's an old guy running it, and I think the old guy is her father-in-law. Somehow he's connected to her, but not really to, connected to her. There's no... Somebody died that way they were connected to her. I'm trying to figure out how that works, but I can't remember now. And her son is, is there at the store. And he's a kid. And he also, so the old man's there. And he's behind the counter, and it's a little grocery store. A little grocery store. And behind the counter with the old man are bottles of hard liquor now for sale at this grocery store oh gosh oh no you don't no no <laughs> turned to my wife and i said no, no, you don't. No, not in Minnesota. You don't get your hard liquor at the grocery store in Minnesota. No, you don't. You get it at the liquor store. That's right. Here in Minnesota, we we have liquor stores. We don't sell the hard stuff at the grocery stores. You might be able to get some beer at the grocery stores with the, uh, the 3-2. That's the lesser amount of alcohol in there. But you're not going to get yourself like a bottle of Jack Daniels or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, that's not quite right there okay <laughs> I don't get to break out the Minnesota accent as off well I suppose I speak it all the time but uh, not quite like that so uh, the other thing that I have the other pedantic moment and this one's gonna be well, I'm gonna be stepping out on a limb here I spend one segment talking about sex and politics how you know, ends of the pers- spectrums look at things. and now I'm going to uh, bring up abortion., <laughs> uh, you know, it's just for just just for the record. I'm pro-choice. It's a really uncomfortable whole topic thing. It's, it really is because I can see you know the, some of the conservative end of it and I can see the liberal end of it. and I find I'm pro-choice. Um, I fall on the side of the mother. You know, it's just I just do, and you know, do I have a good reason for it? I don't know. I, I just that's just where I am. You know, I understand when somebody says, you know, it's funny how you know when it's wanted, it's a baby. When it's not, it's a fetus. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, uh, somebody who is anti-abortion uh, went online on a I guess on Twitter, but somebody copied this and put it onto the Facebook. And this person's called Peyton. His name is Peyton, or her name's Peyton. And uh, the question, or the the statement that they made, the tweet, uh, everyone is losing their minds over the uh, March for Life. I would just like to hear one good pro-abortion argument. And then uh, some person named Noon on the Twitter, I'm assuming this is Twitter, uh, responded. And I'm going to Touch on these a little bit each, so be prepared. Uh, number one, these are, you know, this. remember, Peyton just wanted one good argument pro abortion argument. Number one, rape. Number two, can be deadly to the mother. Number three, mental illness. Number four, uh, not being financially stable. Number five, doing everything you can to not get pregnant but still do. Number six, not wanting kids. Number seven, not being ready for kids. And number eight, it's their body. They can choose what they want to do with it. Uh, Now, these are quick answers, so they don't, you know, they're not fleshing things out. So maybe my, my pedantry is not fair that they're not fleshing things out, but, okay, number one, rape, yes, I can understand if a pregnancy is, is created through rape, I can understand the mother not wanting to carry out that pregnancy, uh, can be deadly to the mother, yes, I can understand that the life of the mother, you know, um, I, I, in, in that case, you know, who takes precedent, you know, who gets priority, the mom or the baby, or the fetus? And I, I, so I understand that you know for the life of the mother, mental illness. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Um, that the that the yet to be born uh, uh, being <laughs> it, there's the, you can see that they're mentally ill. That they you know chances are good they'll be they'll have be born with Down syndrome. Or I don't know if that's a mental illness. But I mean, I don't know exactly what noon means by that, by mental illness. That the that the mother is mentally ill, and thereby, maybe they mean that, and therefore the mother's not capable of taking care of a child. Okay. Uh, not being financially stable. Yeah, I understand that. That one kind of couples with not wanting kids, it also couples with not being ready for kids. Um, you can be financially stable though, and feel that you're not ready for kids. Um, and you can be financially stable and and not want kids, uh, or you know, so they're kind of in, inter- interconnected. Those three: the financially stable, not wanting kids, and not ready to you know for kids. Uh, and then the the last one. I know I'm skipping one, but that's where I'm coming back to it. The last one. It's their body. They can choose what they want to do with it. Um, who is they're referring to? And then who, which is the body that they're referring to? I'm assuming it's their body, meaning it's the mother's body. She can do what she wants with her body. But is, but are they saying that maybe the fetus is the body of the mother? You know, that belongs to the mother and she can do what she wants with the fetus? Is it just saying that? Certainly the the fetus can't do what it wants to do with... <laughs> Can't choose. Uh, anyway, uh, I know. I, remember, I'm pro-choice. Remember, there was a there was a billboard that was out by uh, the bar that I used to hang out at uh, years ago, and there was a the billboard was a some pro-life group had uh, sponsored it, and they put uh, it's, it's 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 the headline was um, thanks mom for choosing not to get an abortion. I think that's what it was. Thanks, Mom, for choosing to, you know, yeah, to not have an abortion. And the pro-choice part of me said, you know, if I wasn't such a law-abiding citizen, I'd like to get a can of spray paint and get up to that sign and and spray on there. My mom didn't have a choice. Because my mom didn't. I was born in 1964. wasn't legal. She didn't really have a choice. She you know, she had to have me, but then when she f- found out that she had me, she thought, "Can we get one after he's born?" No, no, my mom loves me. But the one I skipped over—that's why I'm getting <laughs> gonna get a bit more pedantic. I and I did make this comment on uh, on the uh, uh, post on Facebook. Whoever put this up, I just I put like number five. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, number five, if you've forgotten, number five, it's it's uh doing everything you can to not get pregnant but still do. And I I wrote in the comments uh number five question. Everything? Yes <laughs> as a question, yeah, Number five. Everything did you do everything you could to not get pregnant? You know, part of everything includes how about not having sex? Oh, I know, I know preaching abstinence. But, you know, you could have just not had sex. That's the best way to not get pregnant. Now, mm-hmm. I know there are probably those crazy people out there who will go through the in vitro fertilization process, won't have sex, they get pregnant, and then get an abortion. I don't know why you'd go through all that trouble. No, God, there can't be anybody that would do that. Would there? But that's just me being pedantic. I, I, don't, I don't think you did everything you could have I know it's just they're just little they're just little ones uh, how much time have i got ooh okay um got a movie recommendation this is I've recommended this movie before but I recommended it way back in June of 2010 I'd only been doing a show for what uh, three months at that point uh, the movie is called the hammer and it's it stars adam Corolla and He co-wrote the movie, and it's about a guy that's in his 40s, that's uh, not doing so hot in life, but um, he um, he's gets a chance because he's he's a he's a boxing instructor, he's somebody who knows how to box, and uh, he he gets discovered while sparring somebody that he has a he has a pretty good punch, and they thought you know we might be able to you know, he gets a chance to kind of climb in the boxing again and where it's gonna go and it's realistically done it's not like he's, it's not like he's gonna get a chance to be the heavyweight champ of the world but you know it's there's you know it's it's, it's you know it's interesting story it's funny uh, it's consistently funny through the movie uh, it's got Adam Kroll's sense of the world in there and uh, there's a romance story which is done nicely it's rated R why it's rated R is beyond me. How in the world it can be rated R is just forget it. Uh, But it is. It's not filled with terrible language. It's not filled with terrible violence. It's not filled with terrible sex or any sex. Uh, uh, And it does have a cameo by Jane Lynch. And Jane Lynch doesn't make it rated R. But Jane Lynch is one of those actors that any movie they're in, they make it just that much better by being in it. Because she's just so good. And she's funny, she's got great timing, and she's, she plays these sometimes really absurd characters, and just they're great. I'm sure she was the best thing about the TV series Glee, but I never watched Glee, so I don't know. But if somebody told me she was, I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, and the reason I thought of, of The Hammer again was because, uh, back to that immigrant thing, and, you know, the, from shitholes and all this kind of stuff, that got me thinking about it, you know, where people were indignant that some some on the left were indignant that these countries would be called shitholes. Well, there was that element. And I, I remember I posted a couple of times a little video clip from The Hammer. And I'm going to ruin a joke in it for you, but sorry. Uh, Adam Carolla, is, he has a friend in the movie who's actually his friend in life. It's, it's the same guy, the actor. It's, placed, it's his friend, plays the part, who is from Nicaragua. And I can't remember what the guy's name is. It's like Oswaldo or Oswald or... Oscar, or something—I can't remember what his name is—but uh, um, in the movie, Adam is at this, his friend's house, and it's filled with all these people from Nicaragua. And there, you know, he's talking about he's going to be boxing, and and the, the, the all these Nicaraguans are kind of poking fun at him a little bit. They're having some, you know. About, it's absurd that uh, he might make it to the Olympics, boxing kind of thing. That they, They're poking fun at him a little bit. And and then they start cheering Nicaragua all around. Ah, Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Nicaragua. They hold up their, their drinks and they're saluting it. And uh, Adam says, hey, yeah, it's, it's obvious you guys uh, love Nicaragua, except for the part that uh, made you risk your lives to not live there. And the looks on the faces of the Nicaraguans is, yeah, he's got us there. <laughs> um, that made me think of it. So check out the movie. It's you can get it on disc from uh, Netflix, I'm sure. And uh, anyway, it's it's the Hammer. It's from it's from uh, 2007. I think it's pretty funny. It's pretty entertaining. Uh, I've got three cool things. Um, I was with my friend John uh, this week. when We went to see the Minnesota Wild play like shit against the worst team in the league uh the coyote, uh, the uh Arizona Coyotes and uh but still I hadn't seen John in a long time so it was cool to see him and he got me to crack up I'm telling you he got me to crack up something amazing uh, <laughs> he was t- he was telling me I apparently there's a cryptid out there called the the Wisconsin Dogman and he said to me he says I saw the Wisconsin Dogman and I looked at him what? Was, he said, yeah, I saw it. It, just, it was walk, It was heading across the road. I said, Wisconsin dogman. What's the Wisconsin dogman look like? <laughs> he says, a coyote. <laughs> now, my friend John has a very dry sense of humor, and that just hit me so hard, because I didn't need to, th- well, then you probably saw a coyote. It's <laughs> But it was so funny how he delivered it. I cracked up for the next two or three minutes, just laughing at this hockey game. Which, believe me, it was a very pathetic performance by the uh, by the Minnesota Wild. Very pathetic. Uh, number two, cool thing. I, I gotta go. Um, I gotta go with. I just saw it at the this opening ceremonies for the uh, the Winter Olympics. It's the drones that they they can program the drone fly These these drone things, the little ones that you can get, you know, at home and fly them around but there's there's more professional grade ones and that and you can get these where you can program them. And they got lights on them and that and they they can form shapes you know in the sky and it's really cool we got a hint of it last super bowl with lady gaga doing her halftime thing we got a hint of it with that but it at this at this Winter Olympics, that's uh, just the opening ceremony was just earlier this evening, or at least shown on NBC earlier. Uh, they were doing the the Olympic rings. They made those shapes and it looks three dimensional and they all lit up. And they were doing a, uh, the form of a of a of a, of a of, a, of a, a snowboarder. It was really cool. Just really cool technology. Just awesome. And speaking of awesome technology, the number one cool thing this week. And what else would it be? SpaceX. Falcon Heavy and Starman, science, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I hit my book. Oh my goodness, it was, it was. Ugh. I, I watched the launch as it happened live. I watched it. Thank you, Craig, friend of the show, um, and Minnesota Skeptic. Uh, he 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 got me the link to the SpaceX YouTube channel where they had several cameras to watch this thing take place. Um, Travis of the Minnesota Skeptics, he also put up a link for the uh, the PBS news feed which was the the shot from uh, about a mile and a half away from the from the launch pad, but uh the the ones that Craig set up, it's just oh he got me to. It was just so great. You could see the, the the booster rockets come off and this was the amazing part I didn't realize I forgot about it that this was going to happen that the booster rockets were going to land they were going to come back down and it was so cool to watch the two both booster rockets come down and land almost simultaneously i mean the one was just about a half a second behind the other just landing side by side on these on these on these pads and then um, the, the, you know th- there was there was uh, there was one thing that didn't work and that was the, the the main rocket stage that was coming down that was supposed to land on some drone out on the ocean it missed it because they, they think what I was reading they think uh, there's three rockets that were supposed to fire to slow it down as it was coming back in through the atmosphere and two of the rockets fired but one didn't and that one that didn't fire it just it didn't slow down enough and so they figured that probably they must figure that that probably threw out the trajectory so it missed the drone. Ship, it missed it by about a, a, the length of a football field, so 100, 120 yards, something like that. So it just missed it, and uh, and they they estimated that it hit the water going 300 miles an hour. So that was, if it would have hit the drone thing, it would have been destroyed either way. You know, even if it hadn't missed it, but uh, going at that speed is pretty bad. But and then and then it's the payload thing that they're putting out there, which is that that Starman sitting in a convertible in a tesla convertible that's that's going out there and it's going to orbit the sun for i don't know, for hundreds of years at least before jupiter's gravitational pull might mess with uh mess with the uh the orbit and could push the car and Starman out of the solar system, or I guess they're saying you know, there's temperature changes that happen that can mess with the orbit as well, which might uh, get the car to to fall into the sun at some point. Now, I don't know for how long, I, I'm hundreds of years might be not be right, but maybe thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, maybe. I don't know how long it'll take for this orbit to go down, but it's so cool. And what else is cool is that they they played the uh, the bowie song as soon as you know uh, is their life on mars they played that song as he was getting out there and uh the starman was getting out there and they call him starman which is something it's another bowie reference cuz i guess elon musk is a big fan of david bowie uh, david bowie and 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 then on the on the gps screen on the dashboard it's got don't panic so there's a nod to uh, douglas adams and the uh, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and the other thing is, and this was a little more obscure. Some of us were catching it, but the whole look of this thing, this in a, a guy in a convertible, in a space suit, uh, out in space. And so some of us were hitting that. That is so much like the beginning of the animated film Heavy Metal that came out in the early 80s. And So there's these connections right there. And, uh, and I did make a joke. Uh, I made a joke about it, saying that... Uh, uh, it would have been funny if uh, if SpaceX had set it up so that uh, uh, Starman's uh, the blinker would be going on his car the whole way and uh, uh, his left blinker. Uh, that's funnier, the left blinker. I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you this week.
1: Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blücher.
0: Science, yeah, science, science made that happen. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. Been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network.
1: And now a
0: message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in. in.
1: Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people.